0: Welcome to Subscriptions for Authors. Meet your co-hosts, Michael Evans, sci-fi thriller author of a dozen novels, and Amelia Rose, a semi-romance author that makes six figures per year in subscriptions. Together, we will help you make more money with subscriptions and succeed in the future of publishing. Today, we're gonna be talking all about a very important question. What if I only want to be an author part-time? I think in our community, and trust me, I've had this feeling myself, it's the dream. We want to be full-time authors. That's most of the conversation in publishing. How can we quit the nine to five? How can we make enough money to replace our day job? But Mila, our wonderful guest today, she has a bit of a different story, a bit of a different desire. She doesn't want to be a full-time writer in this moment. That doesn't mean that can't change in the future, but right now she's not looking to be a full-time author, but she wants to write as her side hustle. She already is, and she is making money from writing. She already has a publishing deal, and she's been able to find some great success writing but she doesn't want to make it her 40 hour a week job. She wants to still keep writing fun and keep it like the hobby that brought her to it in the first place. But as we're gonna discover, this doesn't mean she doesn't want to get paid for her work. She still wants to get paid fairly for her work. So what does this mean? This means that starting a subscription, which Mila as a lit RPG author on Railroad knows is probably the most lucrative way that she could make money from her hobby and money that could change her life. But how does she approach it? How does she have a subscription? And that expectation that comes with it while still wanting to keep this part-time and still wanting to keep this fun? It's a big question, it's a hard one. And it's what we're gonna dive into today. And this is our first of a series of episodes that might just become a regular thing on the podcast, but I could tell you we have five authors on deck who are part of the Facebook group at Subscriptions for Authors. And we put out a call and wanted to see what are some struggles people have in subscriptions? What are some things that we can help with on the podcast live and that you all could help with in a conversation? So that's why the title of this podcast is a question because it's a discussion we're all gonna have together. It's a discussion that we're gonna be having live right now. But if you wanna help Mila, if you wanna join in on the conversation and offer your advice to her, I encourage you to go to the Facebook group at facebook.com slash subscriptions for authors. And we'll have a post there pinned in the group the week after you're listening to this. If it's been a week or two weeks or three weeks since this has been posting, you're listening to this. We'll find some place in the groups so that you can go find this post and read a little bit more about Mula's story, a little recap of the podcast and offer your advice. Maybe share similar struggles that you've been through and ask for advice from other people in the group. We think this will be really fun. And we're now creating this podcast as a community. So we're gonna get right into this one. I'm very, very excited. And if you all are looking to actually get your subscription started, don't forget to go to subscriptions for subscriptionsforauthors.com And when you go to our site, we'll send you a free book about how to get started and grow your subscription as an author. But now let's get into this incredible conversation with Mila. She's unbelievably courageous to come on and chat about something like this with us. And we just had a ton of fun. This one's going to be special. Mila, I'm very excited to chat with you today because I think we have a very important conversation that will help everyone here and help me myself because this is something that I struggle with too, which is thinking about if and how we should monetize our stories and specifically subscriptions being something that is tricky because it's a new model and it's something that definitely can be worthwhile for us from a money standpoint. But then how does that affect what our passion projects? We love to write. We may have been writing for years and not getting paid for it. And I want to first ask you about your origins and fan fiction and the prior serials that you've done because i know right now you have a successful serial which we'll talk all about that and how you're thinking about starting your subscription but talk to me about past Mila, what got you started in fan fiction and how was the last 10 years of you writing been?
1: I've always written because I wanted to, and I felt the need to tell my own stories, mostly because I didn't feel like I was being represented the way I wanted to in fiction. So I started writing fan fiction at 12 years old, and from then on, I've been writing Fan fiction. Nearly every single year for NaNoWriMo, I would win it using fan fiction. It was something my English teacher actually recommended for me to improve in English class. Since then, I've been writing. And for 10 years, m- most of my work was fanfiction. It was free for everybody to read. And it was in this serial kind of writing style where you know, we have the chapters and you upload a chapter every like week, every day. It's an event or some kind of challenge. And it was really fun for me. And when I started writing my own stories around two years ago, I wanted to do the same thing with them. And serialization really spoke to that. And I felt it was the natural next step if I wanted to branch out and do my own thing because it fit my style with what I used to do. And fan fiction, so I started doing that and I felt really guilty when I started my first Patreon because, and it put such a pressure on me because I was going to be paid for this. And it dawned on me that, because fan fiction cannot be monetized, you can't make money off of it. Even tips or anything like that, you can't monetize. And it was just a pure hobby for me. And when my hobby started making me money it changed my outlook on it and i started feeling this pressure and i started hating the story that i was writing because i was getting paid to do it so yeah that was my biggest problem
0: i first just want to say that the reason why i was so excited to have this conversation with you is not only because you're struggling with this. And I think it's a really important conversation because you said that you feel like you're one of the only ones in at least the Facebook group that is struggling with this. And what I just want everyone listening, put a call out. If you're listening, you should go to our Facebook group. There's a post in the Facebook group right now that basically has this podcast in it and we can all basically help Mila and have this conversation together around basically struggling and not knowing how to charge or if we should charge for our subscription, this sort of passion and money, commerce and art and where that kind of sits, how we can still maybe get paid for our passions and not encroach on that. So I just want to first say that I'm sure you'll find people comment in the post and know that you're not alone in this. I think this is a very common thing. And myself, I never wrote fan fiction but I feel like that's weird to say because my first book that I wrote was literally basically inspired directly by Divergent Hunger Games and although it was like original fiction just because it had my own characters it was totally like I was in a fandom need to write and I didn't even think about monetizing my books even think about turning it into or publishing it anything like that until I had written like two full books and I didn't even think about putting it online like in a serial fiction platform I was too scared for that I was just writing for myself and then I felt the same thing when I actually put my work out in the world as exciting as it was was, there was a lot more pressure, but I published my book. This is back in 2017, not on a subscription platform, not having my fans pay me monthly, but in an ebook retailer. But you had mentioned that charging a la carte for your books in the ebook retailer or having even a traditional publisher offer you a book deal feels different than a subscription. Why do you think that is? Why does that a subscription feel different to you in terms of this monetizing problem?
1: I think it's mostly because you know exactly who's paying you. Oh, this reader that is with me from chapter one, they were one of my first followers on this platform, let's say. They are now giving me money, supporting me. And you just feel like this additional pressure, because it's not done. You're in progress writing it and posting it. And it's daunting because, you know, you're writing for those people as well, not just for yourself. And also, I think it's the fact that it's not finished as well. Because when you upload an ebook or get a deal from a publisher, it's the finished product. You put out the finished product. And if it's a work in progress, even if the chapters will not change, if they've even been edited by an editor or something like that, even if it's that kind of quality, it still feels unfinished to me. Those are the two things I feel feel are different in this regard.
0: Amelia, I know you had a similar story in writing on Wattpad, serializing your stories. And for a long time, you were getting all these reads, but not monetizing Mm -hmm. it anyway. How did it feel when you started your subscription and then also started to gain fans? How was that journey for you?
2: It was scary. It was very scary. I have actually a very similar story to you. I started writing in middle school and I'm pretty sure it was like like one direction fan fiction because I was like so obsessed with them. And so I used to write that a lot and read a lot of. Alongside of that, I would read a lot on Wattpad. And then when I started writing, I did I did start writing some fanfiction. But when I started like writing more seriously in college, I did my own kind of books and published them on Wattpad. And I would publish them. And I think my one of my books got up, like to a few million views. And I was my husband was like, "You have to monetize this." And I was like, "No, I'm not monetizing it. I don't want people to pay for my work." But you can. Me to try it out. And while I hated the fact that anyone had to pay for my work, I like slowly figured out hey, they don't have to. They they can get early access if they want to, if they want to support me. But I'm going to finish the book on WattPad no matter what. And I still finish the book on Wattpad no matter what today, too. But it's like I had to go through like a mindset shift. Like, I'm not forcing anyone into my subscription. They're there because they want to support me. They can choose to support me or they can choose not to support me in a monetary way. They can choose to read the story just on my serial fiction platform, just on Wattpad for free, and that's still support in my eyes. Just because they're giving me cash doesn't mean... I like them anymore. I appreciate them, but I appreciate all my fans. And yeah, it was just something I had to definitely work my way through because it was really hard at first. My husband had a fight with me to even start on the subscription or anything.
0: I'm now wondering for you, Mila, if you want to share about the journey of your first cereal, because I know right now the current problem is you have a cereal that's doing well and that you could probably potentially start to monetize through subscription and start to gain some monthly income which seems like you say like almost the right thing the best way to monetize in your genre which is royal road is where you're writing a lot so that's very much an ecosystem that supports that model but talk to me about how that first subscription went and that first serial and i'm guessing that first serial ended so share with me that story how that went
1: The story started when my brother actually, he discovered Royal Road first, and he's a little bit younger than me, but he's very much into this new age reading, which is on these serial platforms. And he really enjoyed reading there, and he was like, it's like Wattpad, but for like fantasy stories. Not that there are no fantasy stories on Wattpad, there are. And a lot of the Royal Road stories are also on Wattpad. Many people cross-post them, but it's more focused on that. And he told me, you should come read something. And I did. And I was already working on a story. It was mostly inspired by my brother. Because he really enjoys this type of fantasy stories, the progression fantasy lit RPG kind of stories. He used to talk a lot about them, and so I took all of that, and I was also getting into those kind of stories because of him. Because he would tell me, "Oh, this is so good, you should get it." So I was like, "My story that I'm writing on the side, it's." probably going to work and I had around 30k words written already and at that time there was this big author the first defier he has a very successful serial and he had a post about how he got started basically his whole strategy and he was like if you want to be successful you can adapt my strategy basically that post was and I was like sweet (laughs) I have a blueprint I'm gonna try it And so I wrote a little bit more and I started posting using that blueprint. And in that blueprint, he said that you should start monetizing as soon as you get on one of the popularity lists on the platform. So when you get enough traffic to your story that it starts picking up. And I did just that. But that's when everything crashed for me. Because, first of all, the only platform I knew about monetizing was Patreon. And Patreon is very finicky with how you do early access. And just the time it took me to get the chapters onto Patreon and schedule them and keep track in my Excel sheet of which chapter went into which tier one really started to weigh me down and then when I started getting my first people on Patreon it started getting real and And then I also had this burnout moment and it was physical burnout. My wrist got inflamed and I had a backlog, of course, but my wrist got inflamed and I could not write. I have to write a lot for my job as well. So I could barely write for my job with my inflamed wrist. So I was out of commission. I couldn't write my serial for two weeks. And that's when I discontinued my Patreon because I just felt like it was unfair for my subscribers that I was not keeping up and i swore off doing that again because i just felt like it was a failure and right as i canceled that i got my deal with my publisher so felt like oh i can just do that i don't have to monetize it with a subscription i can just take the deal with the publisher and that's what i did
0: first of all like congratulations um we always talk about like just getting your first paid subscribers. It's a huge deal. But then also off the back of that, being able to get a publishing deal. That's, it's great. It's really awesome. But it's interesting because I totally feel you when you say like the word failure. Like it feels like in a way you failed because you had a promise that you made to your fans. How many chapters were you serializing for the week? Was it one chapter, two chapters a week? How much were you giving them per week?
1: Every single day, at least. Every single day. Yeah, w- one chapter every single day.
0: How long were these chapters? Because progression fantasy can be a bit longer, right?
1: The chapters were on the shorter side for me. Sh- shorter side. Uh, mostly a thousand 500 words it wasn't a lot but towards the end of the serial i had longer chapters mostly because the end always yeah tying everything together was always longer
0: okay yeah that makes sense that's a lot of chapters that you're releasing a week and obviously when you make that promise to be there for your readers almost every day basically and then you aren't there for two weeks or aren't able to is the better way to put it that makes you feel like This subscription thing is too much pressure. I imagine like those two weeks, you're pretty stressed out. Like what already wasn't a fun time was made a horrible time because you were like, my readers are waiting for me. They're paying me right now and I can't do this.
1: Yes. And I was even typing on my phone, trying to write even through those two weeks just to get something out, but it was not good for me. A few of the later chapters, I feel like weren't up to my standards, which of course I fixed later on. just so I could keep my promise. And it was a lot.
0: (laughs) So what's interesting about this, just hearing your story is that on the surface, it sounded like, because it was this whole issue of, this is a passion project and now I'm getting paid for it. And now there's all this pressure, but diving deeper, it seems like it's more than just the transfer of money from fan to you if i was to ask you what if you just had a tip jar with no sort of promise at all and you ended up making hundred dollars a month just in tips random tips from your fans on the internet how would that make you feel
1: i'd still Feel guilty just because I'm used to people getting everything for free, and not just in that way. It's just I can't really describe it. I feel like this is a hobby for me, and if I make it a job, it will start to weigh on me, and that's scary.
2: Do you want it to be a job, or do you want
1: just to just have it as a hobby? Because you can have it as a hobby. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. With- no, I don't know. I don't like using this word, but the side hustle mentality monetizing your hobbies is one of those one of the things that's really ingrained in me and i feel like in my generation as well and the people around me as well because everybody's oh you don't want to be wasting your time and because i'm a creative person and i can't just sit down and watch shows after work or something like that. i want to create something i feel that extra need to be creating something and i want to share it with people but when it comes to monetizing it, it's this battle between the passion and the side hustle kind of mentality.
0: Super interesting. Cause I've actually seen a number of YouTubers cause you're, we're all basically, I mean, we're all in the same generation and basically growing up almost internet native, right? Uh, from the day we were born, essentially, I don't remember a a day in my life where the internet didn't exist and that I wasn't using it, which is scary, but it's basically true. And I see people now, YouTubers who were trying to once and were making a full-time living. An example is Jed Cow. He's a a vlogger. He lives in New York City now, I believe, although he's hopped around. And he was a software engineer, quit his job to become a YouTuber, made a full-time living as a YouTuber, did very well. But that... Felt like for him, it took the passion out of YouTube and it became this sort of thing where YouTube was the thing for fun in his life that he would do after work. And yes, he happened to get paid for it. But then YouTube became his work and it was his entire life. And what he chose to do was still do YouTube, but actually go get another full-time job and make YouTube more of that part-time thing. The less pressure on having to have next month's entire income come from it and working on it as, like you suggested, a side hustle. What's interesting is we don't talk about this. Like in the author community, we think of it as a binary. You fail and you make no money or you are a full-time author. But I think increasingly there's this middle road that is healthy. So- What do you think about that, Amelia?
2: I was just going to say, I relate to your story a lot because my writing Jeff, it was all passion, but as it turned more into a business, like I still have passion for writing, but the passion wasn't as fierce as it was right in the beginning. I can't sit down anymore and just write a passion story. It's really hard for me to just sit down and be like, all right, no, my audience isn't going to like it, but I really want to write this story. I can't do that. And I think it's because I have that mentality too. Everything I write, everything I do creatively, I have to monetize. Which is, it's really hard and it's really tough to like just live like that. Like everything I do has to be wise. And yeah, I just wanna say I really relate to that. And sometimes it's completely okay to have this as a hobby and just do it as a hobby. And it doesn't have to be this full-blown business where you're bringing in like millions of dollars a year, like some authors are. You can do it for fun. So.
0: I think we also need to normalize the idea that like nothing is forever. And there's always this idea, like once an author makes the jump to full time, because I've seen this happen before and it's not something people publicly talk about too often, but people feel like a failure when you might actually go back to your day job and still be writing, but You're not a full-time author anymore. And it feels like to that person in this culture that we have in publishing, wow, you made it and then you dropped off. But in reality, when you end up working for yourself and running your own writing business, hopefully it becomes the dream job, but it still is a job. At the end of the day, you have to do these certain things. You're not going to love everything about it, whether it's taxes or like you were suggesting certain platforms make uploading and spreadsheets really challenging and at the end of the day people switch jobs. So that could mean that you switch your writing business around and switch genres, switch how you're running things, but that also might mean that you work another job entirely and you can still do this writing thing. So I guess what I would encourage you is if you're feeling right now like you want this to be your hobby, you don't have that burning desire to quit your job, don't do the nine to five anymore and go full time. If that's not your burning desire, but your burning desire is to write stories and yes, I agree with you. It would be nice to get paid with it. My first advice would be to proudly embrace that and make that your goal in everything you do. Your North Star, is to make this still your hobby. You have boundaries around keeping this fun because what you don't want to do is have the nine to five and then a 10 to 12 or a five to 12, two jobs. That's the nightmare. So we need to figure out how we can help you keep this fun. But also I believe you believe this as well. You do deserve to get paid for your work. It would be nice to have some extra income. Am I right in suggesting that?
1: Yeah, I wanted to have this talk mostly because I feel like if I were to make it I feel like it's one of those fear of success as well has part in this because just having the thought of okay I could potentially make actually pretty easily because of where I live and the cost of living in my country I could easily make what I make at my day job writing fiction just like if I released my fiction, self-published it, or just had the books there. So it feels like it could happen, but if I made it, it would suck the passion out of it thinking, oh, I'm in this box forever now because I have this audience to please with my writing. I'm not writing for myself anymore because fan fiction is really self-indulgent. And now I feel like with my original fiction, I cannot be as self-indulgent, if that makes sense.
0: You have to write to market. That's obviously the way that you think And not about even things.
1: the market, is just, writing for other people to enjoy yeah because fan fiction is more self-indulgent and yes people are also going to read this but they're not reading it for you or for your characters they're reading it for the characters that you share yeah that's also the other (laughs) side of this
2: so something i do i know my audience likes something specific. They like specific stories. And so this is just an example. I have a story that I know I can make it so they like it, but it wouldn't stay true to the story itself. And I wouldn't enjoy it as much. So what I do is I set aside time every day. And it sounds really stupid, but I have this one room I go into and I just, listen to music and just think about my plot of that story and I just live in that world for an hour or two every single day. I like never end up writing the story. I could use that time to write but I just live in that world and live in those stories that I don't know if I want to share with the rest of the world or rest of my audience. So something that you could do is set aside time every day, like even if it's 15 minutes to just write what you want to write that doesn't please anyone else, like it pleases you and something inside you says, I have to write this specific story, I'm going to write it for myself and I don't have to post it anywhere, it doesn't have to be like where I'm forcing myself to show it to all my fans and all my readers, it's just for you. So that could be potentially something. Something that if you have an extra 15-20 minutes every day that you could dive into alongside of your writing for everyone else
1: yeah I think that's a really great idea I hadn't thought about just taking this and just taking back the hobby and the
0: that. Yes, you yeah. need to do that. If you want to keep it as a hobby and a hobby that you can also make money from, you have to have a boundary where this is at your nine to five job. You probably don't have your boss say for eight hey, hour two hours today, we're going to have fun and do whatever we want. Like maybe that's like the Christmas party or once a year, right? But it's work. And you're driving the goals of an organization that, you know, you might love and you might agree with, you might even get to set some of those goals or you might not. That's whatever your job is. When it comes to your writing, you do get to set those goals. Those goals are oftentimes dictated or impart a conversation with readers, but that's great. So that can then have this illusion of freedom. But in reality, if you're always trying to drive these goals at the end of the day to try and get your work paid to try and write a thousand words now or whatever that sort of output is the fun is now gone and i think what you can do regardless of whether this is your day job where you do actually do it eight hours a day or whether this is your maybe part-time side hustle that you do 15 20 hours a week a lot of sort of segment of it like amelia said maybe an hour a day 20 minutes a day that you're having. you have to keep it fun. But then the other thing I would say is that you're already talking about writing a chapter a day in your subscription, because I'm thinking back to now different ways of monetizing. And now I deeply understand why monetizing an ebook, the finished product is something that you're saying feels more comfortable because the pressure of that, that was already created. It's out there. And the great thing about books is it's almost evergreen in a sense. You have the backlist now. It's added to the backlist. If someone wants to buy it, that's great. You don't mind making some extra money from that. You also recognize that in your genre and for many if there's listening subscriptions can be a very lucrative thing and also make the hobby more sustainable you don't want to have a hobby where you're losing money to have the hobby a lot of money paying in covers and editing so it'd be nice to have the hobby be self-sustaining at a fair minimum i understand that but you were talking about this like five chapters a week sounds almost like a full-time job keeping up with that so i wonder if thinking about this expectation you set of yourself but also the expectation then that your readers have in you if there's a way to make this much more like a hobby and the expectations that you set rather than a full-time job.
2: I agree. I'm going to add what you could do is you could do it. So you release like two or three times a week. But if you wanted to keep that five days a week, what you could do is write a book ahead. So you write an entire book that you have, you might have three months worth of content if you're releasing every single day. And that way you're a book ahead, you've written it as like your hobby, like you've done it because you want to do it. And you're not pressured to have to write every single day and so the book is already done you post one chapter at a time and then you start writing the next book while it's posting and then now you're three months ahead or however long ahead you are and it could come back to stop feeling like oh my gosh i have to get this book out right now i have to get this chapter i have to write and write it becomes more i really love doing this this is so cool i get to once the book is finished i get to share it with my subscribers and then publish it in like on retailers and stuff
0: and to take that a step further, because I am still remembering your story of two weeks, the stress of the hands inflaming and then not being able to keep up with the chapters. Amelia, what she's saying is brilliant because it solves the problem of in the middle of the book, in the middle of the action where the reader's just anticipating that next chapter, you cutting them off. Even if a reader, we're all human. Even if we understand that, it's sad. It's frustrating. And you feel that pressure and anticipation, regardless of the expectation you set. So what you could also do, because let's say it takes you three months to then serialize that that book that you had pre-written, that you had already have done. If you now set the expectation that, oh my God, I have to now finish book two while that's being done, you now have another deadline that you've created for yourself inadvertently. So what you could instead do, and this is a PSA to you and everyone else, you can actually pause your subscription after that season finishes so that your readers are stopped charged. You can literally pause your subscription. And if you are with us, just email me and Amelia if you have this question and I'll help you do it if you're on Ream. But basically what you could then do is have a season model, right? Where Netflix doesn't tell you oftentimes when no a new season is gonna come out before that new season's created, right? They don't just plot out, here's six seasons for this new TV show, and we just dropped one. You could expect season two, that season three, you have no idea. Now, of course, Netflix has a lot of other shows and you're gonna keep having to pay them $10 a month. Or whatever you pay them a month regardless but for you as an author you might feel like if i'm not giving my readers anything for maybe a month three straight months six straight months because i don't have it ready yet you have the right to not charge your readers and the good thing is that your subscription can actually be paused so that your readers aren't charged and then when you're ready you can turn it back on just an idea i don't know if this is resonating what do you think about this
1: yeah, I kind of did something similar with my second story as in I started, I'm not posting one chapter every single day anymore. I'm still posting the same amount of words per week though, just because it just falls like that. I'm only posting two chapters a week, but my chapters this time around are between four and six each, just because the story works like that. It's more of a like, serial in the type of like TV show, like one episode of serial. It just feels, the story just works like that. And I feel like having two chapters, even though they have such a bigger word count, and it's still the same kind of word count that I was doing with my first serial and now my second serial, it it feels more manageable when you say it's two chapters. And for some reason, they come out easier, which feels like it shouldn't be working, but it's working. And the thing about having a book ahead, yeah, I really wish I waited for that. But if I do it again, I would probably write more ahead just to have that buffer Mm. something happens and the seasonal approach i've actually seen people do it now that i'm more experienced now that i've taken the break between the two serials and studied more of what other authors were doing not just using one author's blueprint that i found which was even of me to do but you live and you learn and yeah this really resonates with me in that if it's not what the readers are currently reading and I have the buffer and maybe even the comments of people, it won't be affecting what I'm writing as much, I feel like. But not that they're affecting much. Most people are very supportive and haven't had anyone really poke anything that would be painful, let's say, about the story. But yeah, I really see that as something that is great advice, yes. (laughs)
0: think that's a really good reflection too on your relationship with your readers because it's interesting because for some authors the chapter by chapter release like having it almost co-created with their readers is part of the fun which in that situation the advice that we just offered probably wouldn't be as helpful for an author in that situation i can sense that this feels comforting for you then i'm thinking this is definitely a good path as always with any advice right it's almost about the the filter of knowing what will work best for you and sometimes you have to do through this trial and error but i would just encourage you to definitely be proud of the lessons that you've learned so far. You've come a long way and you definitely, although it might feel silly to look at one author's blueprint and just follow that, you will learn your own blueprint over time for sure. I'm still very proud of you for seeing that and having the courage to get started. I think that's incredible.
1: Thank you for saying that. It feels very validating to my experience.
0: You're going on the right path. And my biggest advice is when you sit down to make a decision, any decision in your writing business, since we know our North Star now, which is we want to keep this fun and a hobby for now, right? That can change. So don't always be dead set in that. But what you should always do is give yourself the space to reflect on that and give yourself the space every time before you make a decision of am I starting a new serial, or am I going to increase or decrease my writing output? Whatever that decision is, run it through. Is this going to keep this thought? Because you don't have to maximize for profit, right? Money will be a byproductness, money will be nice, and that will be great. You deserve to get paid for your work, but you don't want to have to think about, okay, there's this author that I'm looking up to who makes $500,000 a year. Let me take their model and then run it myself. It's like, That author is taking five thousand years, probably doing it full time. They might not even be having fun. You have no idea if they're having fun anymore, and their life might not be the life that you want to live right now. So there might be some lessons there, but you really want to make sure. Okay, who are these? Like who are the fellow hobbyist creators who are still making good money doing this, but who are having fun and doing it as a side hustle? There's actually more people out there who are in your position. Than who made it big. There's more successful hobbyist creators than there are full-time authors who are at the top of the charts. The problem is we only see those big ones. Search deeper and keep finding people like who are in your genre, your subgenre, who might be on a similar journey. Because I think the biggest breakthrough moment will be for you when you can find two or three friends who probably won't live in the same country. So they'll probably be all over the world. That's the beauty of it. But who have the same mission, who have the same vision for themselves at this point in their career, because as much as this conversation, I'm sure is helpful. It's very hard to have to every day go through it. And even though you're not alone, feel like you're alone. That's the hardest part.
1: Yeah, I just feel like whoever I meet, most of the people, their goal is to make it full-time as soon as possible, at least in the circles that I've been. They are striving for that, and I'm not, even though I would say that I'm a very big information geek I like to dig deep into the platforms and think about all of those decisions, which a full-time author would be doing. You would be researching, doing all all of this business research and market research and all of that. And I'm doing that, but I'm not doing it in the business sense. I'm doing it because I like knowing stuff. While I feel like those friends that I've made because of my research and because of that, they all are on the on the path of oh i want to make this full time as fast as possible so what you said really made me think oh i need to find the people that are not as interested in this but are having just fun with this it's
0: the happy medium because i don't think in any of this and you're not saying this either but I want to be clear to everyone listening it's not oh okay we don't care about making money we don't want our stories to perform we don't want to reach readers <laughs> it's like that's, it's not saying that it's not no. saying it's we want to reach readers we want our stories to do well we want them to be out in the world and then to be as awesome as possible we want to learn the best practices but we don't want it to be our entire life we want it to still be that fun hobby and it's fun to figure these things out it's fun to reach readers and keeping it that and keeping the stakes in the world of fun and that there is money involved and that could be great but it's fun when it's the side hustle it's like this is a very different side hustle than doing something like uber eats or things like that very different side hustle very different but I can speak from experience. I've talked to people who are Uber Eats delivery drivers full time, some family members. That is actually a very tough being and it can be a very tough job. There's a lot of stress on yourself, on the car, and it might not, it, some people might have fun in it, for sure. A lot of people might, and they're doing an important job. So thank you to anyone who's out there doing driving and on these roads, that could be dangerous. People are texting and driving. It's chaotic. So thank you if you're out there doing that. But my uncle, very good friend of mine. He was doing it full time for six months and he really struggled. And what he thought would be, oh, I get to work for myself. This will be great. wasn't so fun. But now he does it more as a side hustle. He got a new job and he's doing it maybe one or two nights a week. And for him, it's a fun way to put extra money in. He actually likes driving around and listening to music and he likes seeing new places in the city. That's fun for him. At that 10 hours a week, some extra money, the stakes aren't, oh my God, if my car tire blows out or the car wears down, that it's all going to break down. This is my only income source. It's just a different and he's not at all saying he wants to drive around for free and deliver food either so i know it's a weird analogy but i think it's a helpful one because as artists we somehow always can get caught up in these extremes but we need to find the people in the center for you which goes to this call of action if you're listening to this right now you should go to our facebook group at facebook.com slash subscriptions for authors there's going to be a post in there it'll be Hint if you're reading this like the week that it's been released. And please mention if you're a hobbyist author, a hobbyist subscription author. I think that's what we'll call it for now. We might need a better name for it, but I think we need more people who feel the same way that Mila does, just sharing those feelings in the comments that post. We'd love to share that and bring you all together. And maybe there could even be a mini writers group or meetup set up so that you all can connect and meet each other. Because even if they're not all on Royal Road, people on Wattpad, people who are in Limited, people who are all different paths, I think we we all have something to learn from each other and i think it's very brave that you came on here to share this today because it has to be hard when you feel like you're in this weird gray area that no one else is in but i relate to that because i feel like i'm always in the gray area of my life and i just encourage you to keep embracing it that's where the beauty is
1: you put it really well i don't think i have anything to add to that
0: and that wraps up the conversation. It's our first time doing a non-interview conversation with the guest, so I'm very curious for y'all's feedback because I think this sort of open conversation, where you know me and Amelia, we don't really at all know where it's going into it. We just know we have one problem that we want to start to help Mila with. Kind of a live co-talk is the idea. So I hope you all enjoy that. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, please go to the Facebook group and the post that we have pinned about Mila in there, so that you can maybe offer your advice to Mila and share your story if you. You've been through something similar and we'll keep doing these. We have four or five more scheduled in the next few months and keep your eye out on the Facebook group. We're gonna probably be doing another call to invite more authors onto the podcast sometime towards the end of the summer, which I know is a bit from now, but we'll be doing this every few months. We'll do a call and we'll pick a few more authors that the CUNY votes on. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed this it was really special for us. And if you want more subscriptions for authors, first of all, we out these episodes basically every week. So if you want to help us be able to keep producing these episodes, share this with a friend that you think would enjoy it. We're trying to create the podcast that's talking not just about subscriptions in and of itself in terms of making money, but the subscription lifestyle, the subscription ethos as an author. And really this industry that's going to be shifting more and more towards this model. We want to help you not only connect more deeply with your readers, but also connect more deeply with yourself. So that we can all live healthier, happier, better lives as authors. And hopefully Hopefully wealthier too. We wanna we wanna help you make more money. So that's the idea. I hope you enjoyed this one. Anyways, that's enough for me. I'll see you all in the next episode. In the meantime, hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And don't forget, storytellers rule the world.